Welcome to everyone's favourite podcast. It's the Worldwide Chelsea Podcast. Your favourite host in the world, Marv, is back, as always, in the graveyard shift whenever we lose. So I got the, the unfortunate task of raising the spirits of the listeners. Uh, this is episode 85, as the women's review was 84 earlier. A little bit happier because we won the FA Cup. Let's celebrate that success. Today, I've got Xavier Carti, otherwise known as XP Carti on Twitter, joining me. Arrow might be joining us a bit later on, so let me introduce my guest. I, he might be a first-time guest on the show, I'm not sure. How are you doing, my man? Hey, hey, hey yes, I am a first-time guest. Um, glad to be here, man. So, um, sad spirits after the West Ham, I was a little bit down in camp, but we are here to talk about that. Glad the ladies can win today, so we're a little bit in more better spirits. Hopefully that form can translate on the men. Hopefully, my man, it certainly helped raise our spirits last season when they were uh, racking up the trophies. I think they won everything but the Champions League, which was uh, an unfortunate final. Yeah. But they're always doing us proud. Uh, do you have a favourite player in the women's team? I personally love G. I love Kerr. Um, I love yeah. Kerr. She's amazing. Awesome player. And uh, one of, one of, I mean, not Reece, Lauren James now has become one of my <laughs> new faves because she's Reese James' sister, but... I can't wait to see her play, and hopefully she gets good game time. Even better that we got her from Man United, so if we rub their faces in that. So let's get started. Um, we Unfortunately, guys, we lost 3-2, our second league loss of the season, so it's never a nice thing. Obviously, lots of rants on the stream and everything, but now we're on the pod. We're going to discuss this in detail. So I'm going to ask you, Xavier, uh, what, do, what do you think? I mean, what does this 3-2 loss mean? What does it mean to us? Um, it's a lot of things because we look back at that game and we kind of cost that in ourselves. The question, what it means to me in particular, is are we seeing a kind of recurring pattern where we mount this early season form and then in December we drop off? I know we have injuries. I know we have, you know, players playing with injuries, but as a team now that wants to fight for a title, we got to figure out how to get through games like these, like... I feel like a Liv- I know Liverpool lost to West Ham, but if they're in the predicament we were in controlling the games, they're not making, or even a city, they're not making those mistakes or they're not throwing the game. On another day, we leave there 2-2. But on this day, we leave there 3-2 and stuff like that. I feel like if we don't eliminate that and eradicate those mistakes out of our game, the title can be gone if we don't pattern up. Yeah, and, and funnily enough, that was going to be my next question related to that. Um, and I did mention that I don't think that Liverpool and City throw games the way that we do. And I've said I said this last year as well. It, it just frustrates me when I can accept when the other team has been better. If we consider the City game, we lost one nil. Okay, we can we can lose the odd game if the yeah. other team does play better than us. But the fact that we've gifted three goals out of two. Because some people said we gifted two goals. I disagree. I think we gifted all of them uh, yesterday. And we've essentially lost the game ourselves. That kind yeah. of stuff doesn't happen when teams win the league. Yeah, no. And if it does, it's once in a blue. This is now, to be honest, we got we didn't get lucky against Watford. But we were not at our best. And we kind of stole those three points that Tuchel said. Man U, again, we're making a mistake with Jorginho in the back. Even though I'm not, there's no fault to his form. And today... And, I mean, yesterday, we are just doing the same thing again. That's now three games in a row. Like, if if you do have a slip-up, if you're title contenders, that, that game, 
those stuff don't happen three times in a row. It happens once, we go on a run, and then probably once more again. So this is stuff we have to address. And, you know, around this time season, around last time this season, Lampard, if you if we realize it that um, Mendy, and uh, this is no fault to Mendy, I think he's been world-class, but that Everton game was the beginning of when we started to fall off when we made the m- mistakes. So it's about, I think we're kind of in the same predicament here where now we are faced with this challenge that we have to recuperate our form. And hopefully this doesn't go in a slump. Yeah, and that's one of the questions uh, I always wanted to come back to because we've, we've lost the game and we haven't played well in three games. There was only at the beginning of the season... I felt this as well. We played well in the Palace game and we, you know, we got the win against Arsenal. That was a good game. Tottenham game, good. But there was one or two games where we were starting to underperform the XG and the opponent was getting more. And that didn't happen to us under Tuchel last season. And, and that really worried me. And I think there is a reason for that. But my question is for right now, why are these performances bad? Why have we had three bad performances in a row? What do you think is the reason for that? Um, a lot of people may not want to believe it, but I think Chilwell going down is a big reason why. The moment he went down in those performances, we lost a lot of fluidity down that left-hand side. I know Reese James has been awesome, but you can't have it, expect him to have 9 out of 10s every game. It's just not realistic, and he, he has overloads too. So uh, the way what you were saying about the beginning of the season when we were playing well but then there's a couple performances that was question mark i thought the same thing as well as soon as like the villa game i didn't think that well we end up winning 3-0 and end up having to be bailed out and we lost to man city and juventus but that's the game where thomas tuchel was like okay i need to switch something here before like he played a five flat three two against i think both city and juventus and now ever since that game you now see the inverted fullbacks from that game. So this now comes to where our performances are shaky. He has to analyze this now. Why are we making those mistakes and errors? Because is it fatigue? Is it injuries? Is it that we just lose so much with Chilwell? I think it's a combination of both, but the big elephant in the room is definitely lose a lot from Chilwell going down. It's a you can see it already. And the unspoken also, I think Conte in these type of games. Yeah. I know for West Ham and I mean for like the games where we're gonna have a lot of the ball, um, Conte's not necessarily needed a lot, but games like this, West Ham when they're gonna play kind of on the counter, which they did. Conte is perfect in his recovery pace and so you know, like sweeping up kind of those second balls and loose balls and making sure those counterattacks don't amount to anything. I saw a stat where this is like one of the first times we've conceded three under Tuchel's in a while since there's another game. And then both, like all all the times you can see like two or more, Conte's been out. So I think that says something about his importance to the side. But I think we're going to have to adjust that situation as well because he's getting to that stage where he's picking up injuries pretty frequently now. So finding a suitable replacement or not even a replacement or someone who could do somewhat of his job because he's just amazing to a yeah. professional level. Yeah. 
I agree with you on that. I don't think replacing Kante is easy, and it, it will not happen. I think the, the thing that they'll have to do is get a player that fits the system that can do other good things. Uh, I think, obviously, yeah. Aurelian Kumeni is a good option for the club. Yeah. I don't know, know much about him. I think he's a pretty solid player and young. So I think he does fit the bill. We've got a lot of midfielders, though. Conor Gallagher to come back. I mean, that's another discussion for another mm-hmm. day. But I was going to say what I believe the reason is that there are a few... I, I don't, and I'd never think that it's one thing, and I'm gonna. We'll talk about that a little bit after. Um, but I do agree. I think missing Kante, missing Chilwell. Are, I mean, they, they are big in the way that we play, and it was quite clear when Chilwell came in, we started playing better. So even though I am a big supporter of Alonso, I think he's a good player. I think that the difference in class between him and Chilwell at the present is is quite big. Now. Throughout league titles, though, there are always one player that can fill in and at least do somewhat of a job. But I think it's a collection of things. A lot of injuries have happened at a time where I've got a lot of games. I think with a fully fit, fully full-strength team, we should be better than this. However, we should not be struggling hard to beat Watford. I mean, Watford bent over and took it in the game against City easily. And these are the games you see City and Liverpool come up against these low-level teams, 3-0, 4-0, 5-0. We're playing them recently. And, and almost losing and essentially throwing the games. Now, brings me to a next point. I do agree with what you were saying. Who was at fault for the first goal? Because on the stream, no one could really get their point across. There was about 100 people all arguing. Who was at fault for the first goal, Xavier? I want to say um, 90% Mendy. Um, I think Jorginho, that was a terrible pass. And... Uh, Tuchel had said you put him in an awkward situation now where he has to do something about that. So, but Mendy could 100% cleared it. Like, oftentimes that does happen where players make passes. At, like, Mendy, you have an incoming Boeing who was rushing him, who's been a pest all game, who knows how to pressure. You don't take that touch because you know you're not faster than him. Because it's not like Mendy just stood there with the ball. He took a touch to try to go around him or try to go to the out wide, knowing he was incoming. So that was bad decision-making. It's it's Mendy's fault, even though the pass. So I'll put most of the blame on Mendy. Like, Yeah, um, well, sadly, we agree completely. So there's not going to be any kind of disagreement from me. I think that the the back pass from Jorginho was bad, though. And it's something that he does quite a lot now. I know he's a great player. Uh, You know, he definitely holds the team together in many ways. But there is often he'll just release the ball in fear of getting tackled. However, there's no way. to, and, And I would say he was totally at fault for the Man United goal. And had he not scored that penalty, I would have been calling for his head. But in this case, you know, Mendy, it's not like he, he did put Mendy under pressure, but he could have still passed that ball. He still could have kicked that ball away. Clear he still out. had two. Yeah, he still had options. And instead, he decided to try and dribble the defender when it was a two-man press. I mean, that is all on Mendy. And a player I really like, I, I mean, I love him. I think he's incredible. But he was a fault for not just the, that goal, but all three of them. And, and I mean, that's bad. Very bad. You, now, you I don't know the fault for the second goal. I think that was a good shot. Sorry? No, I don't think I'm always of the belief any long shot should be saved. Um, and the fact is he was out of position. He was way off his line. A lot of things that allowed the I mean, it was a yes, it's a great goal. It's a great goal. But it kind of brings me back to and I don't know if you 
uh, watching or a fan of Chelsea. I, I don't know when it started because we've only started talking. However, there was one game we played when Courtois was in goal. And I think we, we won the game. Yeah. But it was a mid-range shot from the halfway line from Charlie Adam. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I and long shot, everyone is saying, what a great goal. And I'm thinking, what the fuck is he doing? Like, you've got to be alert at all times. Yeah, you, I mean, you can't be conceding goals from the halfway line. You can't be conceding goals that far out. Uh, you know, the same as Keffer at Leicester in the cup final. That was another argument. I don't that, know. That goal I get flagged for because I say if Mendy's there, he saves that. But the thing yeah, is, I agree. in the West Ham game, the only the second goal I feel like was a, was a result of bad defending. I think yeah. Bowen took that shot quick. And you, Mendy had, um, I think, bodies in front of him as well. So he couldn't get down as fast. Like, I can't. Maybe a save. Maybe Mendy, if he doesn't make that mistake, um, the first goal mistake, he saves that because his confidence. Um, Tuchel has said it as well. I think Mendy's confidence right now it took a bit of a hit. Like he's not as sure of himself, and people gotta understand that that confidence is a big thing. Cause as much as we get on Werner, you could just tell that's somebody void of confidence, but. Um, once he made that mistake, it just set the rhythm and the tone for the rest of the match. Yeah, I do agree. Um, I think there's a lot more potential to discuss who's at fault for that goal than there was for the one in the final against Leicester. I mean, yeah, I, I for a long time said Mendy 100% saves that. I mean, you, yeah. you can't be letting that in. And, and the reason I say that is because of history. Kepa's let a lot of those in. And I know people pass it off as agendas when you say something about one of their favorite players. But in this case, when you're looking at the history and he's conceded many of them, it's not an accident. It's not a good shot. It's, uh, yeah. you know, with Mendy, we don't see that. I think I can only remember off the top of my head one bad mistake that he made that cost a goal last season. It was against Leicester, where I think he just spilled it into the goal. Um, the, and the only time, essentially, he's been a flawless goalkeeper for us. Um, and that moves me on to the next thing I was saying, you know, he was at fault for the goal. Can one player, and we talked about this a little bit on the stream, can one player solely cost you the league title? Mm, yes. There's, there's, yes. Um, the reason being is if, I know we've mocked Liverpool fans, but Van Dyke, if you look at him and what he means to Liverpool, taking him out, they're they're conceding goals on goals on goals, which cost them points, and they're not gonna win. If you look at us, you can even go back to us. If Mendy's, if we don't have Mendy, we're not gonna win that league title. Because the thing about when you don't have Mendy in goal now, I think the reasons I know Tielemans loves to shoot, but there have been text messages where they know that Kepa's going to be in goals, so players are now encouraged to shoot from out. I think he's conceded the most goals from outside the box at, um, from like a big six club, I think. And the thing is, the stats show that he doesn't, Kepa doesn't really face a lot of shots. It's just the shot, like shots from outside the box. Like if you think about, I think we played Brighton, and someone took a shot from outside the box that went to the bottom corner. Or if you think about the, 2-2 draw against, I think we played Bellerin, and it was a left-footed shot, 
outside of the um outside of the box that was so weak that Kepa could have easily got to our brain dead moments against like Liverpool or Southampton where he just cost us a game. So one player definitely can cost you points that wins the title because like if you look at the title race between Liverpool and City, I know Liverpool blew the year before last. I'm not sure where Liverpool won it by miles. Like by December, that was a freak, but. Normally, sometimes it's, it's like six points, three points. The end up, the gap ends up only largening when the team has it wrapped up and you fall off. But it keeps you in at least the saying until like around March, April. So, it like every point right now is going to be crucial because we're getting into that crunch time. So everybody has to be accountable on that pitch, and I can understand if you're a single player but you have a suitable replacement that's different you can end up affording to lose that pay player of course he might not be like the world-class player he is in front of him but he can do a job and can fill in but there's certain players that we have that the drop off is too much and it really costs us absolutely that's an interesting point because i don't believe that one player can cost uh, the title and I, I'm as close as it came, which was Aspie making a stupid foul against Sunderland right in front of my eyes when I watched it in 2013. I was sitting behind the goal when I saw that. A lot of people said it wasn't a foul, but it definitely was. I was literally a metre away from it. That cost us the game and the title. But again, if you think about all of the season, we just could not finish chances. We had Eto, Torres, Barr, useless. And... um. We just couldn't score. So in the end, I think it was more of a collective. I don't think we're going to lose this. Are you talking about that? The um, sorry to cut you off. The are you talking about the season where I think we played? I think I don't know if it was Crystal Palace and I think Terry or Cahill scored their own goal. We were there so close to winning it, and I think City won it in the end. Why? Yeah, yeah, Tory. I think scored against. Like they went three two. Yeah, City did win it. I think they were. We, we I don't remember if that happened on Crystal Palace, but the game I was I was referencing was Sunderland at home and we lost two one. Oh, okay. and uh, that's essentially it for I think it's two thousand and thirteen first season on the return of Mourinho. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. I think we beat Arsenal that year like six zero. Yeah, yeah, I think I'm yeah that was the same season because yeah, I was playing a football tournament that day, and uh, <clears throat> it was a good side, but we just didn't have the finish. And yeah. I think so. I don't blame Aspeliqueta for costing it because other games we should have been better. And it's I think it's the same with this. If we're not to win the league, in my opinion, it will be because of the same thing of last season. We should have been better last season under Lampard, but we couldn't finish to enough chances. Now, I'm not going to blame someone like Timo Werner because we have won the Champions League with Timo Werner. So for me, that guy will forever be in, in history for me. And I like the player. I think he's great. He offers a lot more than just goals if he doesn't score them. So he's not useless when he's on the pitch. Now, I think the issue is going to be us scoring because Liverpool and City score whenever they need to. Yeah, at will. They've got, and they've got world-class scorers. Now, the argument I have is that everyone whines and complains they want Cho in the team when he scores nothing, ever. Um, like I think he's got four goals in four seasons. Um, I'm not a big fan of the player, but I obviously support them all. Pulisic, who I love, however, also doesn't score that many goals. Again, then we've got Ziyech, good creator, been good in the last couple of games, doesn't score that many goals. Timo Werner, very good player, works for the team, creates chances, GNA as well, but doesn't score that many goals. 
We had Tammy Abraham this season before that everyone said should be playing, but even he <coughs> doesn't score that many And it's across the whole front line. And I and the worrying thing for me is that we're now linked to Chiesa, another player I really like, but he doesn't score that many goals. In the last season, he scored like eight. It's, and, you know, that's less than what Werner scored. You know, and I, I just wonder when you're looking at the rival teams, Bernardo Silva scores goals, Foden scores goals, Mares scores goals, Sterling scores goals, Gabriel Jesus scores goals. And then you've got <clears throat> Liverpool, Salah scores, Mane scores, Jota scores. Jota didn't even play in the first 11 most of the time. So that for me is what's going to cost us. I think our defence is better and our general squad is better as well. So it's a big disappointment. But we bought a player and I'm gonna, we're going to kind of come into that a yeah, bit later. Really frustrates me a lot, but we'll come back to that. Actually, no, let, let's get into that now. So I just want to touch on that that yeah. point though, because I was um never the biggest like I liked Cho, but I was never the biggest like Stan. But I feel like a lot of people they divide opinions on on the timeline on the fan base. I think he's really effective. I, I but then you make a really good point about the goal scoring. We can have Cho in the team because he is effective and he creates chances, but we do need that goal where the goal's coming from. And nobody else, I think Mount's now coming in and scoring goals, but, and then the, what we're about to get into, we have someone like Lukaku in that will, can score goals. And I believe he, Tushu can get the best of him, but I don't know. We'll, we'll talk about that later. Um, But then like you're naming all these players now and it, it has me thinking like we have Pulisic, he was brilliant. Um, Lampard's uh, that what is that? The COVID period. We have um, you named Hakim Ziyech now. He's 28. I feel now is getting a run in the side, who's a good creator and has done well in the games, but he's not going to be like your out and out goal scorer. So I do get your points about the goal scoring. It, it is so it makes me think. Is it these? I don't think these are bad players. I do. Are we getting? the best out of them with the system because I feel like our our system helps us defensively but limits us in attack in a way and creating chances. So we over, we compensate for the defensive end, which is I think is the right thing to do to focus on defense first. And then now we just gotta figure out going forward, you know? Yeah, I think and that's something else that I talked about. And yeah, show has been effective. I've got nothing against him playing because he has been good in the recent games and there's no way he was the one at foot well actually you could argue the man united he should be putting that in a hundred times yeah, yeah but you know that's one chance he's created a little bit he hasn't been bad he's definitely not been the worst player and adding on to that i think when lampard left and tuchel came in i think we traded up a little bit of what we were doing for more defensive solidity I'm yeah. all for that if it wins us trophies, and I still think we play really well. I think it is about a balance, whereas Liverpool are not balanced, and that's why City will beat them to the title, I think, if it's if we don't yeah. sort our ideas out. <clears throat> because I think City are in control or in every area. The pitch, very occasionally, they will get countered. Mm-hmm. But in general, I think across a consistent season, you will see Liverpool concede more, and I think that will cost them. Whereas I think we're more of a balance between the two... Uh, extremes of those teams so i think in that sense we, we might come second and i hope we don't that'll be terrible but Mark, um if we, just yeah just before we um move into the other section though the other point i wanted to add is like you look at those teams 
Like, if you look at, this may not be an excuse, but if you look at Joe Pulisic, Mount, I get, I guess Hakim Ziyech and Lukaku are the exception to the rule. These are all guys who really, ha- they've started their career, but it hasn't blossomed yet, and they're very young. You look at now Mane, he's about, what is Mane, like 29 now? Boy, look- oh, I think he might be 30. Yeah, maybe 29, yeah. You look at Salah now, what is he, like 26, 27, 29. Salah's 29 now. Who, who else we got that we mentioned in, in the front line? You got Jata, 25, coming into the prime of his career. And now, if you look at City, I know Foden and I think Jesus are young, but you got like a, a Mares. Um, I don't know, how, how old is Mares? I'm actually not sure how old those guys are. They must be getting Mahrez's on a little 30. De Bruyne, I know, De Bruyne, I know, is like 30. He's 91 to 31. Um, who else? Who else is killing it? I think Silva is really killing it, and he's having a standout season for them. Mane, uh, 29, yeah. Mane's 29, and I think Salah is also 28, 29 as well, isn't he? So. Ricardo Silva is 27. Salah's um, 29. Bernardo's still young, but I think he might be leaving then. He's but 27. Yeah, I, I, yeah, 27, Bernardo. Um, Raheem Sterling is 26. These are guys in their prime. I think that we're Chelsea and we're a top class side. I think um, Tuchel's really doing a good job of, like, you know, making us even better than we are, but we still have a lot of youth. Like, those chances that I think Cho, a 25 year old Cho, doesn't miss that menu, that menu ch- chance. You give him a consistent run in the side. I mean, this is no excuse, but. These are Salon Mane. They've been doing it now for a consistent period. And this I know Lampard wasn't the best tactical manager, but I, I think he had a point where when I think City beat us that 3-1, he said, This is a result of the a team playing together for years and we're trying to get like that. You know what I mean? I just think we are now in an accelerated process and the expectation is higher because of that UCL win. Uh, like even if you look at Kai Havertz that we haven't mentioned, that plays in the um false nine role. Like if you think about it, for what we got him for, his goal production is not the best, and he misses a lot of but chances. He misses, but he, that's the difference between a, a Havertz and a Lukaku. Havertz yeah. influences the game, and and I think that's the point. Like he, Havertz doesn't have to score. For yeah, the game. No, I'm just talking about as we go around, like the toes, the um. The Charles of Pulisic, you know, the young, the youngsters in the Mount having in that conversation that these this Liverpool Man City are just a mature team and they're far along in their process than we are. Because if you look at Pep and Klopp, the Klopp didn't win anything to what like his fifth year or his third year, I guess. Um, I know Pep kind of implemented his style, but it took him quite a few to to really settle and dominate. So. I guess as you know us in our DNA we want things fast and quick but some things you know have to we have to put it in perspective I mean me I just look at it like a forward definitely line needs addressing but we also have to take some of these things into context as well yeah. <clears throat> exactly and um I'm just thinking about that cuz you said about Salah and I think that's quite a good example because we talk about, you know, we don't have time to be giving players the opportunity to play terrible four games in a row. And that's why Callum's never had that run yet. But when Salah went on loan the first time, first season, he went to Fiorentina and he was amazing. 
Yeah. And this was the point. I was like, okay, well, we should just bring him back from his loan because he'd obviously got that experience and, and done well. Now, runs in a team is a really good discussion because I think when you, you've got to see something. It's like when Pulisic played, instantly he looked good for me and I think he deserved it. Look at Ziek, he had a good at the beginning and then he kind of, you know, he bubbles up and down. And, but Werner, he always managed to create, a, a, you know, an assist or a goal or something like that. Same with Havertz, he'd have one bad game, but you would keep going. We won the Champions League with this this team, right? So this is the thing. I think when you do get runs in a team, you do have to show a bit more. Uh, for me, Salah should have come back. And if you're in, then he, where did he go after Fiorentina? It was like Roma, I think he went. And oh, God, we have, have a couple cases of that. We have um, De Bruyne as well, man. Well, we, yeah, we, also, as, but he he's a great example because... He played that first game and he was amazing. The second game, he was amazing. When they sell, you know, they sent him off on loan, we should never sell these people straight away because they, yeah. they had upside. And I think that is mainly a Mourinho decision. And I think that is actually, if, if you look at some of the history of that, the club, that's at the point where the club took back control uh, of recruitment and stuff. Yeah. If you remember that, they, the manager does have a say. They always say that. And the managers always say this. They're quoted as saying this. But it is now collective, and I think that's better because managers come and go, and we lost two great players there. Hence, we didn't lose three great players because I think the sale of Lukaku was a very good idea. Uh, however, you know we've undone that. But uh, let, let's go back on. Let's get to the next point because I want to move on to the Lukaku thing. I was raging. I was raging on the stream. Yeah, I remember. And, as I remember. <laughs> I'm not going to rage as much here because the day has passed and it's new and you've got to support all of the players. And that's what, you know, I, I have no agendas. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And I have no agendas on any player. I want, you know, if he scores to go great, I'm celebrating with everyone else. And it's the same with any player, any player. There's only been one player I've never liked at Chelsea and, and it's not Lukaku. So Fabregas, absolutely. You've I never liked Fabregas? Nope, hated him. Lazy, oh lazy, lazy. Why not? And he blocked, he blocked me as well. <laughs> I just was never, I've never been a fan of his. I don't like how he talks. I, d I didn't like how he played. He used to walk and, and it coincided the fact he played well for four months of his Chelsea career at the beginning and was lauded as some kind of creative genius. He disappeared after the first few months. And then when he played under Conte, he barely played. When we won the league, he was a bench warmer. That's a conversation. We should we should get in. I, I'm just meeting you, so that that this is going <laughs> in depth. That that's a really interesting take, man. That that's interesting. But we move. I really want to talk on you further with that. Yeah, we can. We definitely can. I mean, I, he was a good. He was good from the bench, but he got paid too much money for what he delivered. I mean, you just, even if we are looking purely at the numbers that he gave, ninety percent of the positivity in his statistics were in the first four months. He was playing at the beginning of that season where we won the league under Mourinho. It was fantastic. He was creating everything. Got to January, he, I think he ended up with two assists for the rest of the season. It was, uh, and after that, he just got worse and worse and worse. In the season where we come 10th, he was unbelievably bad. And I just, I don't like players that don't put any effort. And, and he was just walking around a lot, much like we're going to talk about in a minute. And for me, just was not a player. I think there's a lot of revisionism about Fabregas. I don't think he did anywhere near what the people are saying he did. And I think if they went back and watched the games, they would definitely have a different opinion. There's a lot of revisionism out there. It's the same with Rudiger before he turned good under Tuchel. There was a big discussion about how he was so bad, how he had all these big mistakes. And I did a, I, I wrote an article on it 
going through it in detail what these mistakes were. And I asked fans one by one. A lot of people told me Sheffield United, we lost 3-0 and he wasn't even playing. So he, like, we were 2-0 down before he came on and we lost 3-0. And the other West one was Ham. West Ham. Yeah, West Ham gets mentioned a lot. However, the, the, the argument they've got is that it's his fault we conceded goal number one when it was Aspilicueta that who lost his man in the box. No. Another I, stat that comes up. But then he kicked it, he kicked it he out kicked the corner. Yeah, he stupidly kicked the ball out. But that kicking the ball out isn't a goal. And, but and that, this is that, what bothered me. Goal, though, which that can be prevented because we know West Ham. Like, Aspil, I'm not saying you should be marking, but you know that can happen at West Ham. I think that this, and I'm a Rudiger fan here. And that that decision yeah. making can lead to that. You know what I mean? Because I, I, I can yeah. see where they're coming from with that. But go on. But even if we do, even if we do accept that as his mistake, which uh-huh. would be fair enough if you want to, that's one out of three. It's not three out of three. There are two yeah. other goals. And the the last the, the main common blame that I heard about it was the third goal. Yarmolenko. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah, was shot him on his left foot. Yeah, counterattack. He's shown him on. But if if I mean I I, I was a coach in the past. And when I was learning defensive coaching, they always tell you the same thing. You've got a one-on-one. You showed him on the inside. And that's exactly what he did. He showed him on the inside. And he didn't get the block in. Okay, fair enough. But if we look at what leads to this goal, Christensen is nowhere near him at the start. So Christensen turns into a midfielder and he gets easily beaten. And then he stops running. If you you ever look at the highlights after this pod... No, trust me, I agree... If your point is getting to, like, people easily scapegoat to Rudiger, I feel like yeah. people forget that, okay, Rudiger had those little few bad, you know, happens. But I, yeah. I feel like it was under Lampard. I feel like people don't forget Rudiger was solid for us before that. Yeah, exactly. Under Sari, we had, uh, and I wasn't a big fan of Sari Ball, but Rudiger and Luis were a pretty nice partnership. And every time, I just, we, like, I, we'd had reviews, and I would just remember... I would just be saying, I can't say anything about Rudiger because he was just solid. I think yeah. though we conceded like 38 goals, and I think um, there was someone who brought that to my attention. Those yeah. those 10 goals we conceded were against Bournemouth and um, Man City, where we lost 6-0 and 4-0. So that's yeah. now 28 goals that we conceded. That And that, that that's like, if that happened, we would have been the second best defensive. We end up being the third best defensive record in the league. So and, and that's people, the point. People like to say that he wasn't doing this for a while and his form was consistent. They they have very short term memory because he was also a very good defender at Roma as well. Yeah, and the worst part of this is when you you ask like you try to compare with other players that are in his kind of zone. Everybody compared with Van Dyke, and at that time, and I remember saying, but you're you're comparing him to the best, so. By default, you're comparing a player to the best. It must mean that they are better. Because mm-hmm. it's not like, you know, when you're talking about Pulisic, the same thing happens. It's like, oh, well, he's not as good as Hazard. But Hazard was one of the best players to ever play in this league. Yeah. And, and, and you get, you know, the same happened with William. Now, I'm a big supporter of William. And, and a lot of people will be on me for that. A lot of people hate William. Um, I loved his industry. Yeah, okay, he's fine. I, 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 see, I, see I see the profile of the player you like now. As I feel like I like all, I like effective, uh, you know. I mean, but I'm not somebody that will look at the stat sheet and say this player's great, you know. I, I like players that do things, of course. Uh, I, I mean, but I, I like the main 
portion of the players that you like? Like that I, would... I don't know. I mean, my favorite player in the team now, must, I think, is Pulisic, if I was to give you one. And I don't think he plays in a similar way to Willian. Mm. No, I, I really liked Willian and I love David Luiz as well. I mean, I love a lot of different types of player. This is the thing. I'm always open to types of player, but I don't like lazy players. So yeah, that's what, that, I think that's what more I was getting at. Like, yeah. I think the base thing you can do as a player is at least try and show yeah. that you're trying. And I think that's why a lot of people have sympathy on Werner. Yeah, definitely. definitely. He, even if he is not scoring or he, you know, may have a bad game, at least people see that he's trying. And I think, you know. Exactly. And that. this is all I expect is that the player to do, you know, if they do the best, you can't say too much. You say, OK, they're not good enough for the team. Fine. But let's move on to this point then. We we're talking about it a bit there about one player. And I was saying Lukaku. Now, the argument I have is that he has, you know, people will defend their favorite players. They defend him like he's an academy player. And we know that the academy players get more leeway than signed yeah. players. It's always been the case. And I don't like it, but it's just what it is. But. I knew this, you know, I was a, a very stark opposition to signing him because I've studied him for a long time since he talked shit when he left the club the first time. And he scores goals, yes. He's quite quick, yes. He's good at ISO 1v1, yes. But how many of those goals help the team enough? He's won one trophy in his entire career, well, one trophy of note, which was the Serie A when the main competitor was Atalanta. And I think that this signing it had flop written all over it to me from the beginning. Now, he started off absolutely incredibly, I think, here. You know, the Arsenal game, he was working for the team. And I thought, wow, OK, this is better than the player I remember. But now, you're looking since he's come back from his injury, he looks like the player I thought we had signed, that I thought we were going to sign. Now, 90 million is a lot of money. Now, I remember last season, everyone saying, Team Obano is bought to score goals. And I hate that. When people say this player was bought to do this because you do not know, I do not know, we do not know why players are bought. We won the Champions League. So the argument for me is they were bought to make the team better and they did. And in this case, when it gets said about Lukaku, you know, it was bought to score goals. Oh, but he's not getting chances created for him. When was that ever the excuse used for Havertz and Werner last season? Because I don't remember it. The, and, the excuse uh, of, sorry. I know. The excuse that no one creates chances for them. And I don't like that because you, if you're 90 million, I'm expecting you to do something. I'm not expecting you. I'm not expecting excuses for why you're not scoring. I'm expecting like I'm expecting you to create something. I'm expecting you to help the team score at the very least. I'm expecting you to do what you're doing in the first games, which was holding the ball up in the final third and bringing other players into the game. I haven't seen any of that since he's returned. And what annoys me the most is he's not even winning the duels. He's walking around. He came on yesterday, and it was like he was playing on the other team. And it was the same when he came on at Watford. Was it Watford? I can't remember. It's Watford or Man United. I don't remember which one he played. If he played all three, I don't actually remember. But I remember just being so frustrated. I wanted Haaland. And yeah. I, I still do. I, now that Conte is back at Tottenham, I would be jumping at the bit to try and sell him there. I'm not sure what you think about this. Um, um, I think a lot of like the fact that you've had your reservations and you're historically, I'm not saying that like, you're biased or anything, we just have a conversation. You already didn't want him. 
So I think some of those fears that you've had are coming yeah. out into the forefront when you see his performances now. But I think if you're like, this is not you in particular, if we are putting into context and we're using the Champions League, the Champions League, we we really didn't score that much many goals. Um, I think Tuchel came in and I think Tuchel, the job he's done is phenomenal because we've patched up blemishes that we still have. Because um, if you look at in the league, we still weren't doing as good as we should have been. It took um, Leicester to bottle and we bottled at Aston Villa and we were we were missing a lot of chances there too. I know Lukaku's here to, to do the remedy. I just think people are just way too quick on giving up on Lukaku. I think he's playing like he was at Inter and we did spend ninety million dollar um not dollars. Ninety million pounds. <laughs> <laughs> 90 million um, pounds on him. And, and I think we have to try to make him work because this yeah. can have negative effects because if he doesn't work and we're not scoring now, you know the club wants to be justified on their money. And I think Tuchel, I really want Tuchel to stay here for the long term. So finding a solution to integrate him with the squad because I think the old Lukaku is not the new Lukaku. He's more mature. He... He knows what it's like. I think from a even on a mentality purpose, if you look at how Petr Cech scouted Mendy, like tough times like this, bouncing back, when you have the mental fortitude, I think this is why Morata couldn't make it because once he dipped in oh. form, people start doubting him. His um, mental confidence went to hell. I just think Luka, Kai Havertz's injury yesterday kind of forced Tuchel's hand. He said himself he's not fit. That I think that ankle injury was serious. I don't think... Um, Lukaku is near match fit, so his like even if you look if you look goal for Aston Villa that like he scored at the beginning of the season, you look now his sprint he he looks he looked way sharper off the mark. I think he has to probably get back playing now because he kind of does look heavier than he was before. Um, I think he was definitely like I, I know I wanted Lukaku in, but he just wasn't ready, and I think the fact that we were losing. And we were having a bad, um, well, I guess we were 2-2 and we're bringing him on because we're expecting him to score, but he's just not ready. And I think it's a bit of both because we don't know how to play with him and he doesn't know how to play with us. So I think he got to adapt to our style a little bit as well. Plus, we got to know how to use him because we did spend money on Lukaku and we need to make it work. This guy has been out since October. He's not going to come in because... And now people are going to say, oh, Kovacic, like, trust me, when he comes back in the side, he's not going to be the same, that hamstring injury. You play football, so you know that. You know, you could run in the gym, you could run outside. When you step on that football pitch, you're still going to be tired because that, that running is different. Like, it's a different type of shape that you got to get in. If you look at Pulisic coming back from injury, he hasn't got kicking on yet. I think Mount, it took him a bit of games to get going as well. I just... I can understand your guys' frustration. He does, like Havertz offers something different, but I think we also should be patient. I can understand if it's now by this is a very touch tough topic, but if it's now yeah. by February and he's not scoring yet and we're still playing like this, then I can understand the criticism. But I just feel like he just came in and I think it, 
the criticism is kind of unjust, but I can also get why you're frustrated and he's 90 million pounds, but I think we can't really jump the gun because we wanted like a Holland or something like that. Because I look at, this goes back to our topic of we're more defensively sound, but we are not, he can't, he was never a hold-up striker to begin with. Um, but it's like when we play, he comes in, we play, we start playing different. Like we're not playing like we were before. I don't know if that's down to him, but we just start switching it up. And I think we got to find that balance soon. I don't know. Yeah. Well, we can't, that's, that's the simple fact that we can't give up on him now because they've spent a lot of money on him. And that's the, I said this before he signed, I said, we're going to be stuck with him now when he fails. And I said, when he fails, we're going to be stuck with this player. And it's because it's going to be hard because yeah, you said he wasn't a hold-up player, but he has to be. He has to be more than just a run-in behind striker because you pay that much money, you need you need a player to do what Salah does. That's the kind yeah. of benchmark. We need an Mbappe. I, I, I would have much been more partial to buy somebody who was in the mould of Mbappe and Salah because I think that's the way the team plays. We play a lot of ball to feet. We're quick off the mark. We move around. And I thought when he came, I was like, oh, shit, I was really nervous because Haaland can do more than him, in my opinion, and he's 10 years younger. So, you know, I felt that... Like, Harlan, what are we judging that on, though? Like, he's well, in, I know he's in Germany, but we know yeah. England is a different beast. I know he's playing in a bomb league, but if you look, even his, his stats for Norway are still good, and that's a team that's, you know, all on, on the minus. Every time he plays, and I've watched Haaland on the big stage, on the small stage, I mean, he scores and he assists even in the big games in a Champions League. And when I see, I see someone there that is already incredible at age 20. I, I, it was a no-brainer for me. No matter how much money would have had to pay, the problem would have been the wages. And but next season he's there for seventy-five million. He's there in it. It's, it's still something I would consider. But again, that doesn't mean I'm not going to support the player that we have. I would hope that Lukaku will be able to do what he does best once he gets back up to speed. But I, I just do every ounce of me just says this isn't going to work with him. However, you know I am a fan. I will support. I'm never going to be like get him out of the club when he's playing. You know you support every player that puts the shirt on. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just for me, I'm not sure that he is the guy. Yeah, I mean that's that you see that's fair as long as you support him and you're with him. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But these fans that like are just saying get him out the club now, like it, it's just ridiculous to me. And I feel like he does. Players do need our support because you can feel even if it's not said, we can feel in a stadium when the the fans are just not behind you. Like yeah. you just understand it. And we like we're singing for Werner here. I think we need to bring that same energy for Lukaku. Even when Werner was missing and he was scoring, we're just saying, we're still singing, I just can't get enough. Um, I think yeah. we need I to... I think it's because of the effort, though. I think the reason yeah. why you see Werner and you see him breaking his, his legs to try and get in the games, right? And I think, well, we've won... And that's the thing. For me, when, when a player wins something, then it's so much easier. Because, and it's like, it's, every time I say it, I say Werner's playing bad. I see a lot of people talking bad about Havertz recently and I'm thinking this is the guy that scored the goal that won us the Champions League that guy deserves a lifetime contract here you know like it's little thing like you know, if, if boost, like I understand I had slander him and talk bad on his name because he at the end of the day he is going to be a club legend because he scored us that Champions League yeah. but he still has to come in and produce we can't just say all right yeah. you scored us the Champions League do nothing now you, you have to come in and still perform because I, I'm sure like that's how stagnation acquires you win something and you don't yeah. move so oh point 
good point. That was going to be the next question I was going to ask you about. So, <laughs> sorry, continue what you're saying. Close that one, and I'll I'll ask you the next thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, people. Yeah, because this is on the top of my head, but I really want to know. I think I know where this is going, but um, I know it may not look like Lukaku's not moving right now. I think that's down to his injury, but we also know that this guy loves the club. Do like, we? Do we know this? This is a yeah, good point. He stated it. He he also when, stated he also stated last season that he wanted Real Madrid to beat us in the Champions League. It's the same guy. It's the same guy. Hazard. It's also, it's also the same guy that wanted to go to Man United instead of Chelsea, despite having both offers because of more I think money. That, that was on us though, but like a lot of I think Chelsea, like when he came, because we also got to take too how we treated him yeah. when he was here when he first came yeah, yeah that's um, fair. this was his dream club we didn't give him the time we didn't we didn't nearly cater to him like we did to like a uh, hazard or anything like that we didn't take our time with him we just shipped him out so it couldn't be like you know when you love something but they they treat you wrong so you you yeah. harbor a bit of feelings but then they apologize and then we make up, and now it's like, okay, we make up. Let's leave things in the past. This has always been his dream club. I, like, he came here. He, I think Lukaku supports. I support Chelsea because my older brother is a Chelsea fan, and they were always winning stuff. And I remember Hasselbank scored. Um, I don't know. I don't know how old you are, but Hasselbank, we beat them at. Was it three three? We didn't beat them. I think we drew. We were at Old Trafford. Hasselbank took a volley. Oh, um, I think one. No, that I think we won three nil that game. We won three uh, nil. Okay, I yeah, forgot. Battering when Jimmy. Flo- I'm older than watching Jimmy Floyd play. Okay. <laughs> my, my first striker was Mark Steen when I went. Oh, I went wow. to Chelsea Tottenham four three nineteen four season. I'll be one yet. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I've been. There, I've been a Chelsea fan because my brother said he can't support Man U, so I picked the team that was always beating them because we ha- we have be like a lot of fans don't know we used to beat Man U like more than the average team used to. They yeah. we used to be yeah. their bogey team, um, but I don't know. I think it's not that Lukaku doesn't want to try right now. I I'm just a little bit more patient and I can understand your side yeah. where you want to see more like. I would yeah. never be opposed to that, but I just want things to be fair. So as long no, as it's I, fair, I'm all right. Yeah, I really respect your opinion. I think I, I wish that all of the Twitter discussions were the same as this, because when when people are not in, uh, like accusing people of having the agendas, the really good discussions happen like yeah. this. I mean, and as we we cannot give up on a can't give up on a player after half a season. It's ridiculous. Uh, even though that's me saying that I don't rate him that stuff. He's still a player for Chelsea, and you still support all the guys that come on the pitch. You might want better. Yeah, go ahead. This is what happens when we don't argue with emotions and we argue with logics. Like, you never argue with emotion because players, like, you love a certain player, and now you feel that somebody else is talking about them, so you get in your feelings and you don't think, maybe this person has a point, (laughs) you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. I think that's that's kind of the point. I'm going to... I, I, two more questions I want to get in. I know we're almost at the end of the pod, so I'll ask these ones a bit quicker. And and that is another point, actually. Every time I've witnessed Chelsea rise to the top, get to the maximum point that they need to be at, 
they don't spend well. Now, mm. why do we never spend well when we are on top? Why, do, why does this always happen every single time? This is an excellent question. Oh, my God. Brilliant question. But I really think I'm a strong advocate of, I think, our, uh, the way we run the club where we hire and we fire managers. You could t- like the way we run things. You could t- you could look at our results. We win the Champions League one year, or the Premier League one year, and then we have a garbage season the next because things are not going well. Manager in the boardroom and the board are having, you know, there's disputes. He's gone the next season. We get a manager. Everything's on and kicking. We win the UCL. The next year things go go sour, and then we're doing the, It's like the same cycle again. If you look at why City and Liverpool are there where um where they are, these are players hand picked by the coaches. Klopp's players are his players. I think maybe just Henderson, but Henderson, you know, suits that mold of his type of player. You look at City, so even Pep didn't take the job because he said we need ten new players. Were we on board with that decision? I think Tuchel and managers inherent players from the system before and now we're left with stuff that don't work and then we have to try to like ease them in and it doesn't suit well i think the board and i think the board is gaining the respect for Tucho. so we need to yeah. to the manager and what he wants i agree like, i think we need to back 100 percent the coach that has delivered and this is the problem i have is they back the wrong ones in my opinion right i think they, they back the coaches that have proved nothing they back lampard they backed sari to an extent but they did not back conte they did not back Tuchel. in my opinion just enough yet but i think that they will in this case i think they learn from their mistake my final sorry my son is going crazy in the background <laughs> <laughs> the final question that I have for you right now is the very final question. What is a successful season for us? Mm, 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 mm. A successful season is, at least for me, if we don't win the Premier League, we got to be top three and in touching distance. None of this 10 points, 15 points. It got to be a dogfight. That, for me, I think we are, we're there. I think a success we pick up one of the cups, we win the Club World Cup. We may not pick up one of the cups, but if we do, I think that will be successful. The Club World Cup, definitely we have to win. We should be smacking those teams. And at least quarterfinals, semifinals of the Champions League for me, we have to get to. Um, so successful season, challenging for the Prem, uh, even winning it would be a success. Uh, a domestic cup, semifinals, or even win the Champions League again, and the Club World Cup. I, we definitely have to win that. That's a successful season because this is Chelsea, and we have high standards. The moment we let those standards drop, so we become like Arsenal. So, I think that is a successful season for me. I completely agree with that. I think, yeah, for me, any other one trophy would be okay for me. I think, really, I'm never a greedy fan in that regard. Um, Great pod today. Really enjoyed this. Sometimes the one-on-one ones create the best fire, I think. So thanks for coming on. No problem. As always, a great one. Hope you enjoyed it. Hopefully the listeners will enjoy it. This has been the WWC pod again. And as always, up the Chelsea.